Welcome to the Spooky Tales podcast presented by me, John. And me, Louise. We have been fascinated by spooky goings-on since we can remember and wanted to share with you the stories that pique our interest. Today's story is a tale of hauntings, poltergeist, psychological manipulation and an unexpected twist. It's the spooky tale of the haunted house of Haverford West. Our spooky tale begins in the pleasant Pembrokeshire market town of Haverford West in West Wales, about a two-hour drive from the capital, the great city of Cardiff. Now, G.L. Davis, a paranormal investigator, heard about and decided to investigate a haunted house in Haverford West. He approached the inhabitants, who were not very keen at all to tell their story. Eventually, however, they relented and, on the condition of anonymity... Want to say that again? Anonymity... <laughs> anonymity... <laughs> a condition of anonymity... And one more go. <laughs> Have a run at it. Eventually, however, they relented, and on the condition of anonymity, anonymity. Eventually, however, they relented, and on condition of anonymity. Eventually, however, they relented, and on the condition of anonymity, for themselves and that the location of the house never be revealed... What, never? Absolutely never, ever, ever. So they were not going to let themselves be known. They had to be all done under pseudonyms and things uh, like that. Yes, exactly. All right. And so, the house? No. We know it's Haverford West. We know it's Haverford West. Okay. We know it's near the town centre, but that's it. Okay. So on those conditions, they decided to tell all hoping it would be a cathartic experience for them to rid themselves of the dark feeling that still lay trapped within. G.L. Davis set to work, completing the interviews in two weeks. He then remarked that in their retelling, there was a genuine sense of fear, dread and confusion. Okay. So there are two people. Who are... Who were these two Right, let me introduce you to John and Sarah, pseudonyms as we uh, as we discussed. I thought you were going to say John and Louise. <laughs> That's right, that would have been uh, giving it away somewhat, perhaps. <laughs> uh, so, so John was a confident, kind, friendly man, a, a lot like me, actually. I was going to say, you are describing yourself. <laughs> he was always laughing and joking in his late 20s. That's, oh, there you go, yes, there's the difference. Almost, well, well. Uh, Sarah also in her late 20s, was beautiful, smart and practical. Practical? What, she's, what do you mean by that? Well, she wore the trousers. What does that mean? She could put up a shelf. Well, she basically told John what to do, I think. Oh, right. OK. They'd met at work, friends at first and then fell in love and moved into John's flat in the town centre. Sarah was keen to buy their own place and settle down and persuaded John to view a house that Sarah had seen come up for sale in the local paper. She had stayed in the house once before when some friends of hers had lived there for a bit. Now, although John was not keen at first, he came round and they went to look at the house on a sunny August evening. The door was opened by a lady in her mid-thirties who was sullen and joyless. 
No effort had been made to tidy the house and make it presentable. She explained the layout in about a minute and then let them roam the house. Sarah said, and I quote, It was like the life had been sucked out of her. The woman was willing to take a much lower offer on the house, and within a month, they were in. Oh, that would raise the alarm for me. Too good to be true and all that. Indeed, although I think I'd just be glad it was all coming together, or if I was suspicious, those feelings would be shouted down by my sort of naive optimism. John cleaned the house on the first day to welcome Sarah to their new home after her day at work. And like many young couples buying their first house, they had little furniture. Oh, do you remember that? <laughs> you know, I do. I really do. We had, what, director's chairs we for about a month. We had two director's chairs because we didn't have a sofa. And we, and we bought them because we thought they'd be really cool. And they weren't. They were no, really uncomfortable. They were so uncomfortable. <laughs> Absolutely. So they slept their first night on the floor in sleeping bags. Oh, we had a bed, though, didn't we? We did yes. have a bed, which yeah. was very kindly donated to us. <laughs> uh, but like them, we had chips for tea. Yeah, a chippy tea. Yeah, that's Lovely. right. So the first morning, John woke and heard the latch on the door lift and the bedroom door swung open. A little at first, as if someone was peeking through, then fully. This was odd, as the carpet was thick, which means that the door could not freely open on its own, even if it was given a push. And I take it they were uh, in the house alone? Yes, that's right. So they that's were, also odd. Well, not, was, <laughs> not just the door, the fact they were alone and the door opened. Yes, that was that's probably the main, you know, category one odd thing. Yeah, and the second odd alone. thing is that uh, because the carpet was actually a bit thick pile, it was it was not not like the not like a breath of air could have, you know, just gently br- uh, brushed it open. Mm. So good yeah. start in your new house there, <laughs> indeed. The next day, important documents went missing, only to turn up in a place they had just looked. Sarah had accused John of hiding them on purpose as a practical joke, which he swears he hadn't. Sounds like it probably wasn't the most fun conversation. No, it was a proper row, and in front of a friend as well. Oh, not awkward for the friend at all. And is that because of his jokey nature? Is that because of John's jokey nature? Yes. She, She thought... He's being a wag again. He's being a wag. He's doing all these practical jokes. Yes. So continuing on their homemaking, they bought a kitten. Oh, what kind of kitten? It was a a kitten kitten. Oh, was it a boy or a girl? Oh, I don't know. Black, white? Uh, Probably black. You're just making that up. I am just making that up, yes. (laughs) Yes. One evening, John was watching TV when he heard a noise and spotted a small ball of light that looked like electricity in the kitchen. John wondered if it was a reflection from the window. He went outside where he saw nothing unusual. And as he sat back on the settee, he saw it again. John suffered from migraines and wondered if it was the start of one, the sort with an aura which can distort sight as well as the unbelievably nasty head torture. A few minutes later, it happened again. John got his camera and started taking photos of the kitchen in the dark, just as Sarah was coming down the stairs, who was wondering on earth what he was doing. Yes, that must have looked odd. What did he say he was doing? Well, he said he was taking photographs of the kitten playing on the climbing tree that they had bought for it. Well, that's a bit lame. 
Not the best liar, is he? No, particularly as Sarah just been playing with the kitten upstairs. So he he said, I've been taking a picture of the kitten. Why not just say, I'm taking a picture of something strange? Yeah, that would have been a much better idea. It's the kind of mad banana thing I'd say, actually. No, it's not. I think he was just probably um, a little bit nervous that he was kind of been caught out taking pictures of something weird. And so he didn't want to appear weird, so he decided to lie badly instead. Yeah, yeah. Go for the truth, John. Go for the truth. (laughs) I'm saying it to that, John, and yet... Go to the truth, John. Go to the truth. During the first week, as John and Sarah were cuddled up on the sofa watching TV, John started to notice out of the corner of his eye a shadowy blur which would disappear back into the shadows, but return the next night, getting braver and braver. Well, the shadow was getting braver. Yes. So one evening, John got up to look... Uh, uh, to see what it was, so sure that it must be a trick of the light or his imagination. He didn't want to admit to Sarah what he was seeing. Why not? Well, because it might make him look like he's a bit of a nutter. Or it's just the fact that he's probably his imagination, so he doesn't want to say, you know, I'm going off Morocco. So when Sarah asked why he had got up and was creeping towards and staring into the corner of the room... John said he thought he'd seen a rat. Oh, my God! No, John! No! I think I would have preferred the spooky shadow to a rat. A rat! I know, I think you're right. I think he was... He would the, Going back to what you said earlier, the truth, John. Tell the, the truth. truth. <laughs> Far better to be a nutter than to... You know. God, you're not going to sleep if somebody <laughs> said, oh, I think I've just seen a rat crawling across. <laughs> That's right. He probably said it quite casually as well. No, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's just, just a rat. rat. It's just a rat. Yeah, I just thought I saw a rat. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So the next night, the shadowy blur came up and passed the TV. No! Yeah. Now, the thing is... that it rat-shaped? <laughs> it wasn't, no. No. No, it okay. wasn't rat-shaped. So the thing is that Sarah, she had also seen the shadowy blur during the week, but had not wanted to tell John, as she didn't want to alarm him. Tell the truth, Sarah. Tell the truth. <laughs> That's right. So when it came in front of the TV, it scared her so much that she squeezed John's hand so hard it left a nasty bruise. What? Yes. Uh, she squeezed his hand so hard it left a nasty bruise. Yes, on his hand. <laughs> I assume there was a bit of squealing from John as well. <laughs> anyway, so I saw a shadowy blur go past her. Yeah. I don't think I'll be squeezing your hand. I think I'll be shrieking and running out of the room, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, she sort of thought, no, I'll, I'll take the squeeze his hand really hard route. Now, the thing is, though, what this meant yeah. was that they had a ghost. Ooh. Strange thing was, though, after that night, the blur never returned. So, and what did they do? How did they react? So Sarah hated the fact that they had a ghost. But for John, he was loving it. He started staying up late, saying that he was watching DVDs when he was actually armed with a camera, waiting to get a picture of the ghost. No, tell the truth, John. Don't say you're staying up late to watch DVDs. But he was hoping to sort of, you know, get some sort of evidence, maybe make some money from it. Yeah, no, that sounds absolutely fine. Not staying up late on your own watching DVDs. Does that sound dodgy? Unless he shows... So I shouldn't say that in the future. (laughs) That's not what to say. Particularly as DVDs is a bit 90s. Anyway, so how did he do? Did he get a photo? No, no, he didn't get the photo. (laughs) (laughs) He probably started watching DVDs. (laughs) 
<laughs> didn't pick up the camera. No, okay. Anyway, as summer started uh, turning to autumn and the nights began to draw in, the house was quiet until one night. Their kitten, Lucky... Oh, so it's called Lucky. Yes, their kitten, Lucky, started to hiss at something. Oh, they do that. Yes, its ears back, tails snaking back and forth. (laughs) Then the kitten growled. Have you ever heard a cat or a kitten growl? Oh, yes, it sounds like the gates of hell have opened and Lucifer's top growler has entered the room. Yes, it really does. I've had that happen once before and it completely freaked me. Oh, it's a horrible noise, isn't it? Yes, until I realised it was the the cat making the noise. I couldn't believe it. It's hellish, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, spooked and on edge with the growling cat, uh, John investigated. Good man. Yes. And as he was walking towards the settee, he walked into something absolutely freezing. Oh, my word. But he could also, he could mark it out. He could mark out the cold spot which was about four feet tall and one feet across. Oh, my word. The cat, being sensible, legged it. John said it was as if a figure was standing there and the cat could see it. There were other instances of cold spots also, mainly in the bathroom. One night, when John was visiting the loo in the bathroom, it went unnaturally cold. All the hairs stood up on his neck and he felt a presence close behind him. Then, breath on his neck. Oh, that would do it, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Well, he ran upstairs as fast as his legs would carry him into bed and hid under his duvet. Yes, the safest place you could possibly be. Absolutely. And then slept with the landing light on for the rest of the night. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Now, Sarah had also been unnerved in the bathroom. Feeling as though someone was watching her. Oh, no! And it's not John. But it was feeling that someone was watching her as she took a shower, and it wasn't John. Oh, dear! So how creepy is that? But not only that, she felt it had a great sense of menace. It got too much and was too upsetting for the both of them. So much so that they would not take a bath or shower alone. Oh. Well, you never know. That might be quite nice. It's the feeling of menace that kind of... Yes, that's going to put you off, isn't it? Yes, and in fact it did start to affect the more intimate side of their relationship. I don't think I want to know about their more intimate side. Well, yes, they didn't get a chance because uh, they felt like they were being watched. Oh dear. So John's initial ghost hunting, his X-Files enthusiasm, it, it had worn off by now. And he was starting to get more and more depressed. Oh dear. And this was not helped by his seasonal affected disorder or SAD. What's that? Seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people get it during the winter. Uh, the lack of light seems to... uh re- the serotonin levels that they produce. I was, just what I was going to say, yes. Ah. Well, it wasn't actually, but thank you for explaining it. <laughs> yes, I just assume I just knew it as um, than getting sad because it was dark, getting dark. Yeah, they have decreased serotonin levels, which affects their mood. Oh, there you go. Mm. So, well, he had that. Oh, dear. Yeah, so... uh got one of those light boxes. Oh, yeah. They're quite... Exp- oh, no, some of them are. They're not all that. No, no. That's yeah, no, that's true. You do have to sit there for like 20 minutes. Yes, and I think... And that may have been what put John off. So he decided to go with a different route yes. and started to drink lots and lots. <laughs> drink alcohol. Lots and lots of alcohol, <laughs> yes. That is another way, but I'm not sure that actually gets you happier. No, well, he thought he'd give it a go. Yeah, <laughs> okay. 
Oh dear, so how long have they been in the house oh, at only, this stage? Only a couple of months. Oh, gosh. But it really started to affect John's well-being. Oh dear. One night when they were taking Sarah's nephews to the fair, John and the nephews went onto a ghost ride. And it was one of those where you just sort of walk around rather than actually being in a car. Right. So there wasn't much to it. And the nephews came out quite quickly saying how rubbish it was. However, John had had a bit of an episode and wasn't coming out. Sarah had to pay the two pounds to go in and talk him round. She found him in a heap in a dark corner crying. Although he brightened up so not to show his nephews anything was wrong. Sarah must have thought she was losing him. Well, that's right. She thought that he hated the house and was blaming it all on her for ruining him. By strange coincidence, that night at the fair, Sarah ran into her friend. Which friend? The one that had stayed in the house before when Sarah had stayed? Yes, that's right. Well, that must have been a bit awkward. Well, it could have been, but John didn't mess about and came straight out and asked if the house was haunted. Right, and what did the friend say? Well, she admitted that it was and that her ex-partner, who had also lived there, found it so bad that he would sleep at his mum's as he could not stand being there on his own when Sarah's friend was working nights. Things would come down the stairs when he was watching TV. Things would move. Things would walk up the stairs when he was in bed. He was terrified. He once called her while she was at work, begging her to finish work early and come home because he was so afraid. Oh, my word. And what about her? Did she see anything? No, but then she wasn't there nights and often went out at the weekends. So what happened to the, those friends? Well, there's no details on that, I'm afraid, other than their relationship ended and they sold up. Do you think Sarah could see the kind of similarities and was imagining that it was going to happen between her and John like that? Well, it's funny you should say that because when they got home... Sarah gave John what she describes as a right rollicking and he describes as a pep talk, telling him to get a grip, that his sad was and his drinking was making him depressed and anxious, susceptible to fear, that he needed to be strong to fight for their home, to be happy and embrace the happiness. Wow. She's a motivational speaker at heart, is that, Sarah? Mm -hmm. Well, did it work? Yes. John bucked up and started to be more positive. Perhaps, John, drink less. <laughs> well, he agreed, first of all, to get someone in to bless the house. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was a wonderfully cleansing experience for them both. The house and the both of them felt bright and cheery afterwards. And all was quiet for a while. Oh, no, what happened? Well, the house seemed to take revenge for the blessing. John relapsed and started drinking heavily again. His thoughts were morose and mostly about death. He said, and I quote, It was like all hope finally died. Must have been a joy to live with. Yes. One night, John, having crashed out after drinking heavily again, awoke to Sarah screaming. Sarah had heard someone or something open the bathroom door and run up the stairs, stopping right outside the bedroom door. And then she saw the latch begin to lift. Oh, dearie me. So John was passed out beside her and yes. she saw that? Yes, that's oh, right. Oh, dear. He had awoken by this stage. Because so, you'd been screaming. Yeah, her yes. scream awoke him. But although he was still drunk, he fumbled his way to the door and slowly opened it. Oh, my word. Which I thought was quite brave, actually. I suppose it was drunk uh, drunk courage? No, Dutch courage is what I mean, isn't oh, it? Oh, drunk courage. <laughs> drunk Dutch yes, courage. Yes, yes. exactly. 
Anyway, both he and Sarah expected to see some awful skulled ghoul. Oh. But there was nothing. Oh, I don't know whether that's better or worse. Yes. Oh my goodness. Anyway, two nights later, John and Sarah were awoken by an enormous smash from downstairs, like a window had been broken in. This was followed by heavy footsteps downstairs and crashing sounds, as they could hear drawers and cupboards being open and shut, their contents being emptied. Oh my god, they must have thought the burglars were downstairs. Well, that's exactly what they thought. They were so fright they were frightened for their lives. They thought the burglars had broken in and were ransacking downstairs and would they would be next. But then there was quiet. Oh dear. Followed by heavy footsteps <gasps> ascending the stairs. Oh dear. Mm -hmm. Slowly. I hope. It was slowly. And then the latch on the door moved oh, no. and the door bowed inwards <gasps> as if someone was pressing against it. Oh, dearie me, that's giving me the shivers. Look, I've got the shivers. Yeah, Look. now I can see. After what seemed like an age, there was no more sound from outside the door. John plucked up the courage to open it, armed only with an empty mug and there in his underpants. Thanks, didn't need that image, but okay. No one was there, again. So he went downstairs. There were no smashed windows. The kitchen door was still shut. It still had the chair against it that kept the cat from running around the house in the night. What's going on? cried Sarah. John asked Sarah to come down and have a look for herself, assuring her that all was safe. There, in the middle of the lounge floor, were all their CDs arranged in a spiral. Oh, dearie me! Sarah, in anger and frustration, kicked the spiral of CDs. And fright, I would imagine, because well, that would give you such a... Absolutely, yeah, you're right. You would That would be petrifying, wouldn't it? That would be Because you know John couldn't have done it. Was he not good at arranging? Well, he was drunk for a start, but he was oh, right geometric, next to it. Yeah, yeah, designs on the floor and the CDs. Yes. No, but that would be terrifying, wouldn't it? Yeah, so well, if all of that, I would... Oh, smashing, crashing, angry. you think... <gasps> You think you're terrified, you think your life's in danger. And then you come downstairs and they've made a design. Oh, dearie yeah. me. So Ooh, she actually, she collapsed on the floor. She was sobbing. I'm not surprised. It was all too much. And then as she looked around the lounge, she screamed. There on the chair that kept the kitchen door shut was a picture of John and Sarah together, placed perfectly looking back at her. Oh, my word. Oh, that's just horrid. So surely that must have been that. They must have decided to leave by now. That was it. We're done. Thank you very much. Well, yes and no. They definitely decided that it was time to leave the house, but how? They had sunk everything into the house. However, the next day, John decided to take a different tack and began talking to the ghost as if it was a housemate. He let it know that they were off to bed and could they keep the noise down? That sort of thing. It seemed to work for a while. And the house fell quiet and began to feel more normal. It began to feel like their house again. Oh, they were brave, weren't they? Absolutely. I think by this time he really had had enough and just thought, well... Last straw. Kind last, of yeah, last straw. Last, last chance kind of stuff, yeah. So finally things started to seem as if they were going to be all right. Yeah. One day John and Sarah were in the garden when they saw their next-door neighbour. And as the next-door neighbour had worked nights, they rarely saw them. They started chatting and it transpired that their house was also haunted with the same ghosts. The child, the woman and the angry man, as the next door neighbour called them. Well, how did they know? Well, they'd, they'd experienced the same phenomena. The blurry shadow, 
the cold and creepy feeling of being watched in the bathroom, the thumping and crashing and the walking up and down the stairs. John told the neighbour that since he had started talking to it, it had stopped and things had turned back to normal. The neighbour, however, warned them that it often went quiet, but that it was just recharging waiting for its next attack. Oh, cheers, mate. Thanks for that. That was me just telling you that I was thinking things were going a bit better. Oh, no, no, mate. Yeah, well, oh, we've all met people like that, have me. <laughs> oh, you think it's better, mate, do you? Oh, let's invite him round for a sherry. Well, the news totally floored John. No, oh, don't blame him. Yeah, well, he thought he'd sussed it, you see. Yeah. But no, it was just, you know, gearing up gearing for another up, attack. Yeah. He went quickly downhill after that, became depressed. Can you guess what he did next? Did he start drinking again? He did. Oh dear. Oh, John, don't do that. Yes, he started drinking heavily again and it didn't help matters because they had friends to come and stay. Oh no, why? What happened? Well, John got steaming drunk, so drunk that when everyone went to bed, he said he'd just have another drink and be up later. Oh no. So he went to the kitchen and got another bottle out of the fridge, drank it and crashed out. Lordy. At about 3am, their friends were woken by John crying and the voice of an old woman shouting at him to leave. Oh dear! The friends could not work out what was going on. Was he on the phone? Had a neighbour come round? What, what, was, what, was, what was it? Eventually, after about 15 minutes of this, one of the friends went downstairs. He went on for 15 minutes? Yeah, this was absolutely going on. This, this old woman shouting at John and John crying. And As the neighbour went down the stairs, he could still hear the woman's voice and John as he descended. But as he got to the bottom of the stairs and into the lounge, there was just John and the settee, fast asleep. It took them a while to wake him. Well, what did they think had happened? Well, they didn't know what to think. And they were not impressed and wondered if it had been some elaborate hoax. They left the next morning, even though they were due to stay another night. Sarah and her friends didn't speak for nearly a year after that. I really must have endeared John to Sarah, because he really, he really shone that night, didn't he? <laughs> That's right. Yes, actually, that was the last the final... The final straw? Yes, that was the final straw for her. She eventually booted him out. He signed the house over to her and went to live with his dad. So was the, the house quiet again once John had left? No. Sarah was asleep one night in the house on her own when she awoke with a start. The bedroom door was wide open even though she had shut it before she went to sleep. Oh dear, that doesn't sound good. Then it all went incredibly cold. <gasps> she could see her breath. Oh dear. Slowly, the covers began to be drawn back. Oh dear, no. Sarah held on tightly, but they were ripped from her hands. And then something grabbed her legs and started pulling her out of the bed. Oh, please tell me she left after that. She did. She started renting the house out, although tenants didn't stay very long. I don't blame them. Yeah. I'll leave you with a quote from John. It used to make me sad thinking of how happy we were and how complete my life felt. Oh. Now, it's nothing more than a dark memory. Oh dear. I was just another plaything or victim to the entity. Gosh, it completely wrecked their lives when they were there at that house, didn't it? it? Indeed. I have to say, the pulling of the bedclothes off you. <gasps> yeah, Dearie, that's, that's horrible. I think of something, you know, because that's where you feel should feel safest. That's your safe place. We all know yeah. it's the safest place to go. You know, yeah. if an axe murderer comes in your house, 
pull the duvet over your head. Well, that's what John did initially, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame him. But then for it to be pulled out, oh, dearie me. Absolutely. So there is a twist to this spooky tale. What's that? You know that John was a pseudonym? Yes. Guess what his real name is? Barry. (laughs) No, have another guess. An educated (laughs) guess. (laughs) This could be a long, long podcast, couldn't it? (laughs) I've got a book of names upstairs. <laughs> oh, you're right. Perhaps I should tell you then. <laughs> no, 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 no. I will guess. It's not. It's not the paranormal researcher. What was his name again? G. L. Davis. The very same. No. Yes. So this was an autobiographical spooky tale of what happened to G. L. Davis, the writer of the book. Oh, so gosh. Okay. So that brings us to the end of another spooky tale. If you'd like to read the source material that was the inspiration behind this podcast, the book is called Haunted, Horror of Haverford West by G.L. Davis, and we'll leave the links in the notes. So thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your spooky tales and thoughts. So please do write to us in the comments on YouTube or via email, which is thespookytalespodcast at gmail.com. And come and follow us on Instagram at thespookytalespodcast. Bye. Bye.